Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Off the Rope with John and Josh. I am Josh. You might recognize me from my time in the Pearl Islands on Survivor. I'm John Dalton, or you can call me John Fairplay. What up? My grandma died. Well, I never really watched Survivor, so, uh, so I'm going to go with okay. There's a chance that I am Johnny Fairplay. I mean, you know what? You never know. You never know. Booyah! I won one! Just like I almost won Survivor when I came in third. What up? All right, speaking of actually, numbers, this story. is episode seven of Off funny the Ropes. Story. With John, Josh. Did you know that after Survivor, Johnny Fairplay went on to also be a member of the TNA roster? Did he really? Yes, he did. Oh, well, there's your random TNA knowledge for the night, folks. Whenever you need something to know, something known about TNA, Ask Johnny Fairplay here. And whenever you need to know something about something else that's not that, call Josh. That's probably true. All right. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. It's been such a long time since we've talked to you folks. I know, right? No voice messages still. Motherfuckers. Leave oh. a damn voice message. So I, know welcome- some, I know there's plenty of you out there watching. I mean, not a ton, but enough. Get on your damn computer. Leave a voice message. You can do it on, God damn it, it's not on, hard. The, on your phone, on your tablet. Just do it. Anyways. Oh. So welcome to episode seven. We're going to get down to the nitty gritty on the uh, who's what's 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 news. Yeah. Josh, what are we going to kick off the show with today? Well, I'm hoping to get your blood boiling a little bit. You know, get you, get oh, you here get we go. right off the well, bat. Okay. So I'm going to guess. It's one of two. It's either Ronda Rousey or Shayna Baszler. Well, you are correct on one. And oh, it son is. of a bitch, it's Baszler, isn't it? It is Shayna Baszler. You fucking button hooked me. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, but Shayna Baszler blasted Becky Lynch for getting pregnant while being the champion. Uh, apparently during a recent uh, appearance on WWE's The Bump, former NXT Women's Champion talked about her rival star's decision. And said that it's garbage. Uh, to quote, she said, no, I think it's garbage. What are we teaching? Responsibility? She said responsibility. She had responsibilities to uphold as the champion of the division. Like, take care of your responsibilities first. Don't leave the, the division in an uproar and then hand your title away to whoever you feel deserves it. Uh, she went on uh, to mention how everyone has been congratulating her. Uh, on the announcement, and then claimed that it's a double standard from people saying, this is ridiculous, Uh, everyone is like, oh, that's so wonderful, blah, blah, blah. But if that was your daughter, you would smack her upside the head and be like, you need to be smarter. It's like a double standard. So when I read this, I was like, "My honestly, my first instinct was like, go fuck yourself, Shayna Baszler. And maybe... If you ever have a kid, I'm be calling child uh, protective services because you're over here slapping bitches upside the head. Fuck you. I have a daughter. If she decided this is what she wanted to do, I would be supportive. I would not be smacking her upside the head the way you fucking talk. Fuck you. What are your thoughts, John? Well, I mean, and I heard about this when it happened. I took it as a grain of salt. I'm looking at it as Shayna Baszler is super pissed off that she was getting pushed, but Asuka was pushed over her. Um, Because Asuka is a better wrestler than her. She can go fuck I mean, 
you put a wet paper bag in the middle of a WWE ring, it's a better wrestler than Shayna Baszler. Probably true. Um, I don't... I don't understand why everybody's got, like, all this hype for Shayna. I mean, she's... She's decent. I'm not going to say she's a horrible wrestler. Yeah, she's not terrible, but it's not like she's the fucking but pinnacle at the same of this time, shit. Saying something like that is a shitty thing to say because, I mean, pregnancies happen, first off. I've known people who've gotten pregnant while using condoms. I know people who've gotten used, uh, pregnant while using contraceptives other than condoms, like birth control. Shit happens. So for you to, you know, not even, like, congratulate, but you're just going to constantly shit on somebody, that makes you a horrible fucking human. Like, fuck you for your opinion. And, like, stick it in your non-talented asshole and go blow it out at somebody who fucking cares. Because at yeah. this point, I swear to God, like, I don't like online bullying. Like, I'm, we've already talked about this. But I'm going to tell you this. If Shayna Baszler packed her bag and fucking left home to go back to mixed martial arts tomorrow, I wouldn't fucking care. I'd care. I'd be happy. That's how much I'd care. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, not in the aspect yes. of, like, oh, my God, Shayna Baszler left the WWE. Yeah, I really don't. I don't care. Uh, anytime I don't see her is a happy day. That's, I, I mean, I've I gotten to that point. It. I'm proud for Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. I mean, mm. bringing a child into this world is an amazing thing. Yes, it's done every day. So, I mean, you can't really take that away from anything. But it's it's their first kid is a couple. So that is awesome. And yeah. people should just be happy for them. And I don't give a fuck if you aren't happy for them. You still look them in the face, put that fake smile on like this, and you go, oh, my God, I'm so happy for you guys. You've got to be so happy. And then and, you wait to walk yeah. away, and then you go, fucking idiots. <laughs> but you don't say that to their face. Yeah. I don't know if, if this is her, like, you know, in character, doing a work or whatever, but I, I don't care. If it's a work or if it's a shoot, I really don't because it's a work. But at the same time, if it's a work, if it's a work, it makes me hate that character of Shayna Baszler even more. But not the the kind of hate, at least in my opinion, that you want for a heel because it's the kind of hate that makes me want to shut the TV off when she's there. Change the channel when she comes on. You know, it's not the kind of heat that that is like, oh, I want to watch and watch her get her ass beat. It's the kind of yeah. It, I don't want to watch her at all. Like, I feel like the kind of heat she's getting on herself right now could put her in jeopardy of like a real life situation of being like stabbed or shot. Yeah, or, you it know. could, man. It it very well could because there are lots of people take this shit real seriously, I whether mean, they I, should I or get not. That. I wholeheartedly understand that there are people out there who, like, wrestling is real to them still, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. And if you're just trying to get, like, some cheap heat, look up some classic Jericho promos, because that dude had it down. True. But, I mean, The Rock said it best. Shut your mouth and know your role. <laughs> it's very true. All right, so our next story, and just, just an FYI, pretty much all the stories that we have today are kind of downer stories. I'm sorry, that's just kind of the way it is. Ooh, let me interject this sad, not-so-sad one that might not be on your list. Okay, go ahead. Vince McMahon went on to say recently that he sees Andrew Garza... Is that his name? Andrew? Angel. Angel Garza. Angel. Angel Garza is the next Eddie Guerrero. Really? Yeah, he says he can see him potentially being the next Eddie. Okay. Uh, I knew you didn't see the story because it literally broke earlier today. 
I mean, I don't quite see that, but that doesn't mean it's not true. You know what I, I mean? I was going to say, he's still young, though. The yeah. only problem I have with Garza right now is the whole fucking wardrobe thing where he gets in the ring in pants and then rips them off halfway through a match. Yeah, like take them off before the match starts. I get it. I, I mean, know, that's, that's we, my we talk, only issue. We talked about that. Oh, God, <laughs> when, yeah. When we were I've watching the paper. i on this podcast a couple times. That's true, that's true. That's my only real issue with Garza, though. Like, I think his in-ring work is it's potentially good. Yeah. I, I mean, he's he's still young. He's got time to master this craft. Yeah, I mean, I've seen good work for him or from him, I should say. Yeah. Um, I don't want to work for him as well. It's true from Andrade. Uh, <laughs> but but I, putting that on someone that kind of fresh into this company. Dude, man, that like Eddie is literally one of the greats. But and to say that he's like the next Eddie Guerrero, that's a lot of pressure. Is it safe to say that if you built a Mount Rushmore of professional wrestlers, you'd put Eddie Guerrero in your year four? Most likely. Yeah. Most likely, yeah. I'd have to give some thought to who I would actually all put on there. But I mean, he would at at minimum be in like the like my top whatever to who I'm going to pick. He'd be right up there. In what I'm gonna, you know, who I'm gonna wind up picking. So that'd be interesting. Maybe we should do that for an episode sometime. Like, kind of like do that during. Not during I think that'd be neat. Yeah. Let's yeah. work on it in the off time this week. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be interesting. All right, our next story: AW star Chris Statlander suffered uh, a knee injury during uh, Dynamite taping. She was in a tag match with Hikaru Shida against Nyla Rose and Penelope Ford. Uh, it came out recently that it was an ACL tear and that she will be out for quite a while. Um, now, as someone who has torn their ACL, um, I was out for like nine months. Now, granted, I do not have the care that uh, someone like her would have, you know, being in, being in a company like AEW. Now, it's not, you know, it's not the WWE, but, you know, they I guarantee you they take care of their people. Um, like I had to wait two months just to get surgery. I'm I sure she got her surgery right away. That's great. So that shaves off a couple months there from what I had. Um, she'll also probably have access to trainers and physical therapists whenever she needs them. So I'm seeing probably four to six months, probably closer to the four, uh, which that's, it's not bad. You know, it's, it sucks, but, um, Coming from experience, the, the knee that I blew out is stronger than the other one, than my other knee. So she can come back from this, uh, like I said, f- probably probably about four months, I'd say. Um, and I think I think she could still have a great career. Plenty of people have blown out their knees and shit and still come back and had great, great careers. I mean, Look blown out lots Saban. of things, you know what I mean? Chris Saban had a double blowout. He blew out one, came back, blew out the other one. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it happens, unfortunately. But... Uh, it's not, it's not the end. Um, but you know, with her and with Britt, Britt Baker out, like they're two of the top in that division, you know? So I'm I'm interested to see who steps up, uh, you know, in the coming months really to, uh, to kind of take over those spots and what will happen when either of them come back. So what are your thoughts on all this? Do you have anything that you want to add to it? I know I was pretty much just me talking there, but. Well, no, 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 it's fine. I mean, you. we talked about this a little bit the other day when we did recording. Uh, the story broke. We covered it a little bit. And like I said, man, it's tragic because, like you said, her and Britt Baker are the two faces of the division. 
Um, and especially because they're the faces, they're not heels. Yeah. So now, who do you got to step up in the place of them? I mean, I guess we'll see in due time. But I mean, boy, oh boy, I just I wish her a speedy recovery, and hopefully, this isn't going to set her back too far. Yeah. All right. So our next story is uh, probably the let's see, it is the saddest of the night. Um, and that is CZW and GCW wrestler Danny Havoc uh, passed away. Uh, I didn't hear about this until just recently. It happened on May 31st, so it happened a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, but I, but I hadn't I hadn't heard about it. Uh, you just sent me a thing just just the other day. You know, yep. if, uh, we found out after our last recording, which was last week. Yeah. Um, like I said, it happened on May 31st. At the time. Uh, they hadn't revealed, I mean, actually, they still haven't revealed what the cause was, but, um, some other stuff had come up. Some people are speculating things. Um, apparently on April 4th, his wife passed away. So a lot of the speculation is that he took his own life, that he couldn't, you know, I mean, that happens. Um, I don't want to speculate on, on, on any of that. I don't know. Um, but I just want to say that, uh, maybe my condolences go out to his family to his friends uh it's, it's he was only 34 years old man you know and, and a bunch of wrestlers from you know all the different federations out there were hopping online and and talking you know telling stories about him and, and kind of giving um like their condolences as well so uh what are your thoughts have you ever had you ever seen him wrestle at all or i've actually talked to him on the phone oh yeah i had the pleasure of actually conversing with him back when i was still training oh nice um, I tried to get myself a training spot in CZW. I wanted to see if I could go down to combat zone. And I mean, me and you, we were still yardies at the time. And I mean, we were, we were at that point where we were training. I, you know, me and you, you were getting out of the business at the time. I thought maybe if I got myself a spot in CZW, I could make a a name for myself. I, I mean, anybody who's ever watched my wrestling and Josh can attest to this knows I'm not the most smart and how I used my body as a vehicle when I was wrestling. I was an idiot, for lack of better terms. Uh, I went on one hell of a hiatus of a losing streak for the longest time and literally put my body through hell just to get the crowd to be like, yeah, that guy, that Johnny Storm right there. And I mean... You accomplished what you set out to do with yes. that, but um, so like I said, I'd I'd had at least two phone conversations with him, and we conversated through email for about six months. He was very professional, understanding. Um, if it's my understanding that most of CZW's big tournaments took place in his personal backyard. Oh, wow. um, like he ran the tournament of death and stuff out of his backyard because they couldn't get that sanctioned in a lot of other places. Hmm. Um, if that's, that's to my understanding, I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, feel free to jump on anchor.fm and leave us a voice message and correct me because I mean, there are times where I could be wrong. It happens people. I can't be an, uh, aficionado all the fucking time. Okay. Um, but, I mean, for the wrestling community, yes, it's a huge goddamn loss. He has a name, and even though he was never booked by one of the big companies, his name still rippled through. Mm-hmm. Like, I know plenty of people who, the day he passed, were posting, like, oh, my God, can't believe this, Danny, how? Like, yeah. what are, what are your thoughts? That's just, 
it's it's always a terrible thing when you lose somebody, especially that young. But in in, in this business, like just what two episodes ago or whatever, we talked about two deaths. It's yep. just like the fact that this is the kind of stuff that keeps happening is it's it's I mean, I don't have really I, I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words just because, you know, everybody well, exactly. everybody seemed to talk so highly of him, you know, and like I said, he was so young, he he could have still had a career in a bigger company if, you know, that was something he wanted. I don't even who knows. He may have these deaths are happening from natural causes. Mm-hmm. At least these last couple that we've talked about, plus Danny today, every one of them has an asterisk next to their name, and it's it's something that's like unforeseen circumstances. Yeah, um, it's not like it's like oh, you know, they died peacefully at home because they were like ninety five years old. It was yeah. their time, you know. Like most wrestlers, I, I feel like there's just a stigma on being a professional wrestler these days because it's almost like can you break the age of thirty five? And if you do, are you on the drugs? Are you are you doing something that's going to hurt your body and is going to break down? Like, like not to speak ill of the dead, but we all know Eddie had his his demons. His heart gave out from all the years of abuse and everything he had put himself through, and yeah. it just it was his time. Yeah, it was it's like tragic. yeah, he got he got clean, but the damage there was done. Unfortunately, yeah. So I mean, it's just it's one of those things in these this like like me and you like I said we wrestled backyards for at least ten years. Never once did any of us ever touch drugs. We didn't need to. I mean, we were just fucking idiots. We were throwing ourselves around doing what we wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, God, if I'd have been on roids, man, I could have. <laughs> I'd have been booked faster than Warpath running to save a midget. Oh, snap! And uh. <laughs> So, I mean, there's really no a good way to kind of move forward from a story like that. But I guess, luckily, this isn't a cheery story, so we can kind of stay in the mode anyways. Um, WWE has apparently found uh, that one of their developmental talents tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet broke the news, uh, he, and it was later confirmed by Dr. Jeffrey Dugas. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Dugas? Dugas? I, I don't know. Uh, he's the uh, WWE's associate medical director. Um, Ryan's post said, uh, breaking a developmental talent in WWE who was last on site at the Performance Center on June 9th has tested positive for COVID-19. All talent, production crew, and employees uh, who were on site will now be tested. Following the results, WWE still plans to proceed with normal schedule. Then in the official statement from de- from their doctor, says a developmental talent who was last on site at the training facility on Tuesday, June 9th, has tested positive for COVID-19. Since that time, no other individuals that attended the facility have reported symptoms. However, out of an abundance of caution and to ensure the health and safety of the company's performance and staff, all talent production crew employees on site at the training and production facilities will be tested for COVID-19 immediately. Now, COVID has a, an incubation period of like 14 days. So let's say someone got infected that last day he was there. Let's, let's just have to say it was that last, that last day. You're talking the 25th by the time, you know, like it, they may even start seeing anything. So it, it's the 16th right now for when we're recording, for those of you who uh, are, you know, watching this whenever. So... We're talking like it's only been a week since this guy was this person. I don't know if it's a guy or girl. It doesn't actually say. 
um, was last at the training facility. And we don't know how long that this person had it and had been spreading it around. So the fact that they're still just planning business as usual kind of, I don't know, kind of bothers me a little bit, you know? Like, if anything, I feel like the people who had contact with this guy should have a two-week quarantine. I mean, it just is what it is, and that's how you keep things safe because what if you infect your entire back, back, uh, your locker room? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, this is why people like Roman Reigns and Tessa Blanchard and them made the decisions they made. Yeah. Um, this is unforeseen circumstances. I mean, it's not. And I mean, I don't know if I'd say it's unforeseen because they've been pushing forward with having events. You know what I mean? Which I I get. They've also been doing so good at also trying to keep their. Yeah, I know. know, I mean, the problem is they're in Florida. Florida had a big spike recently because they reopened too freaking early and people are stupid. Let's thousand of us. Let's all fucking go to the beach. Don't wear masks. Fuck all of you people. Stupid. (laughs) I mean, like I said, it's, this is, it's a shitty time, man. Like this isn't one of those things that they planned on. So, I mean, I think it's very smart of them to keep the, whoever's identity under, um, yeah, I get you that. know, I, I really don't have anything to say about this because like we talked about this. This wasn't this wasn't something that should have happened if they would have been smart enough to have just like not run shows for a little bit. Yeah. Take the greater good and like just fucking take some time off. But of course they weren't going to do it. And we talked about this. I mean, they could have just taken a couple weeks off, you know, shown some old pay-per-views during their time slots or whatever. Yep. You know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like I said, man, this, the subject has just come so beaten with the horse, man. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. Well, All right. Is there any other news stories you would like to talk about, sir? No, actually. I mean, we pretty much, like I said, I covered the Angel Garza thing. Cause like that was the biggest, uh, I don't know why I thought his name was Andrew, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been some shitty, shitty week for news stories like there's not much going on the little bit that is is super depressing i mean there was the one story that we were talking about before did you want to talk about that which one the guy oh yeah yeah i mean i don't have the name or anything but apparently there was a situation at the wwe performance center where uh dude decided he wanted to try to work for the wwe so he was like banging on the door and he was trying to get in and Apparently they they've had a history with this guy. Well, yeah, like this happened over the course of like a week. Apparently, he no, went there. Like I, I've heard that they. Day. I was reading that they had history even before this week. Oh, maybe with this guy trying like, stuff before. I mean, like you should see some of the video they've got of him posted online. Yeah, he's literally like laying in the parking lot of the performance center, and he's like laying on the ground, and he's like, "Oh, I think I'm having a heart attack!" Uh, uh, and he's like showing him he can. He's showing him they can act, or he can act. <laughs> But I'm oh like, my God, that's at one point, he starts harassing um, Lacey Evans and um, Dana Brooke. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, Dana Brooke and Lacey Evans are two of the only females in the business that I would say, if you're ever going to fuck with them on their personal time, I probably want to pick those two. For those of you who don't know, 
their backstories. Lacey Evans is a former Marine. Uh-huh. And Dana Brooke is a former competitive bodybuilder. I mean, pick on whoever the fuck you want, but why them? Why the two who can fucking break you in a very unenjoyable way? Like, I mean... <clears throat> so apparently he went back this last time and he was I guess Shayna Baszler just wasn't available. Uh, so apparently he went back this last time was banging on the door and making a huge hassle and like he was doing poses in front of the door and he was like banging on the glass hard and finally cops got there and they pulled a gun and he picked up a couple rocks and charged a cop and the cop shot him and it's it's one of the few times where I'm going to say the cop was completely justified because if somebody picks up a rock and charges at me I'm taking that as a threatening action. I'm going to cap you as well. But luckily enough, the cop didn't kill him. He just wounded him. They took him to jail. Um, your thoughts? That's It's just, it's a wild story, man. It's Some people are just a little out there, I guess uh, I'll, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, a little eccentric, I guess. Um, I'm eccentric, but you're never going to see me like... <laughs> I yeah. mean... I think the closest I've ever gotten to harassing one of the like the women wrestlers uh, was the night that we went to the WWE show and I had the Mickey James marry me sign and she pointed at me and I was like yeah and you like just like melted yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah um, I I understand wanting something really bad like really wanting something and this guy obviously really wanted to be a WWE superstar. I mean, look, look, for any guy who has ever laced up a pair of boots and stepped into a ring, we have all had that fucking dream. Yeah. Not all of us go to fucking Florida and bang on the performance center doors being a dumbass. Now, that that may have worked in the 80s, maybe even the 90s. That kind of shit may have worked. It don't work now. I know guys who have been in this business for, like, close to two decades, wrestling the independent scene, and even they haven't went as far to going down there. Although, there's a couple guys that I would like to see bang on the doors down there because I would love to see them get treated the way that, like, that dude got treated. Because he would go in a whole different freaking scenario. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the uh, moral of this story, kids, don't go banging on people's doors when they don't want you there. I, I think the better moral <laughs> of the story is, is also don't threaten cops. Fair enough. There could have been a really peaceful ending to this where he was just like, look, I fucked up. Let me go home. Now, let me pick up a rock and charge cop and BAM! And then people are like, like, I saw comments in the comment section where people were like, oh, the cop overstepped his boundaries and shot him. Fuck yeah, you charged me with the rock. I'm going to fucking shoot you too. I mean, I get it. Um, And I get why people are reacting that way. It's a very, it's a very charged time right now. When it comes Absolutely to poli- it is. when it comes to police, and there are a lot of bad instances out there of police doing things they shouldn't be doing. I it, know it's the truth. I mean, we also come from a generation of people, though. <laughs> I, where... don't, I don't think that this. I mean, from what you told me, I didn't see it or anything, but from what it sounds like, sounds justified to me. The guy was charging with. I mean, if, if you got a knife, they would do the same thing. Why not? You know, you got a baseball bat. They're going to do the same thing. So 
Because he could theoretically kill the guy, kill the cop with a rock. You can. Yep. I don't know how big the rock was, Jesus. but he had you, two. you could. So, I mean, luckily the guy didn't die because I don't think he does. I don't think he deserves to die for it. But yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so that's it for the news today. Let's move <laughs> on it. to talking about WWE's backlash. Wrong. We are going to move on to talking about The Undertaker, The Last Ride. Oh, you want to talk about that first? Yeah, we get all that stuff first out of the way. Then we talk about the pay-per-view. All right. Well, then let's talk about... After... Of The The Undertaker's uh, documentary series. That's right. Called The Battle Within. Um, This one starts out uh, at Crown Jewel of, I believe, 2018. It was the DX versus BOD match. Uh, he talks about how it was just this match, this match was just a mess. You know, it was not what he wanted. Um, and if you've seen that match, you know that that's the case. You know, uh, Hunter got injured during that match. It just it didn't it didn't look good on anybody's part. So that's where it starts. You know, it shows that. And so this whole episode is kind of about um, him. Like, like I said, it's called the Battle Within. It's about him battling this feeling of not being good enough and trying and striving to get to a place where he can finally be proud of, of the match that he's in, you know, because, because of what happened there, like he, he, he beats himself up a, a ton throughout that, uh, throughout this episode talking about it. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in here. You get, you actually get an interview from 2012 with Paul Bearer outside of the makeup and everything. And I was like, cause like when they're talking about Paul Bearer and I was like, Oh man, I wish he was alive. Cause that'd be so cool to, to get him, have him on here and talk and stuff. And then bam, there's a fucking, interview. I was like, Oh shit. They had footage. They had something that they could use. And I thought it was really cool. Um, they had like outtakes with Taker and Paul Bearer, which was really cool. Uh, which that's the kind of stuff you don't, you don't usually see, especially in wrestling stuff. You don't get outtakes. That's rare to ever find something like that. So I thought that that was really cool. Um, kind of moves forward. Uh, it talks about um, how he he went to do a signing. He's breaking out of his mold, you know, doing stuff that he didn't do because he used to try to keep the character to the character. Um, and so he agreed to do this signing, and without his knowledge, was booked for a show. I think it was like Starcast or something like that. I think is what it was called. I, I don't remember. Um, but he didn't know he was booked on the show. Vince found out about it, got pissed off, uh, obviously forced him to not be on the show, even though he had no plans to actually be on the show. It was just for, for the signing. Um, and, and apparently they didn't talk for a while. I was like, I remember that's when all that nuts. Happened it's like, did he really think Taker would do that? Like, I don't know. Just, just for, you would think from their relationship over, Okay, at that point, close to 30 years, because this was just a couple years ago, and right now is the 30 year, um, that he would know that Taker wouldn't go. If Taker was going to go somewhere, he, he wouldn't go to some fucking, essentially indie-type fed or whatever to do a fucking show, you know? Um, yeah, and so then, I, I don't know. I, I thought that, it felt to me like Vince just had something up his ass, and... He's too prideful or whatever the fuck the case may be to, to kind of give a little, give an inch on that. Um, he kind of moved, then it moves forward into WrestleMania 35. Uh, and he realizes, you know, how much, 
it hurt not being on the card. You know, he's there you know, like at the gorilla pit. He's there you know, at the show, but not wrestling. And he realizes that, yeah, like, he he should have been there, should have been out there. Um, but then, you know, he shows up on Raw, takes out Elias, and he says that this began the road to the next Saudi show because he, he felt that he needed to make up for Crown Jewel. And so that next Saudi show was uh, Super Showdown. Uh, and and he, he, like I said, he really wanted to make up for it. He wind, winds up working with Goldberg. Um, and I, 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 I watched that Crown Jewel. I did not watch Super Showdown. I know I didn't watch it because I was like, I was not happy that they were continuing these Saudi shows. And so I was just like, fuck that. So I just didn't watch it. And seeing Goldberg smash his head off the fucking ring post and get a concussion, like they talk about it. And like, I never saw that match. And watching him try to pick up Taker and not being able to and... It was nuts to see that, you know. I could just imagine what it was like in that fucking match. And he was striving to have a good match here because of what happened before. And again, didn't fucking happen, you know. And that broke my heart because, like I said, I didn't know about that. I didn't see it. I had kind of fallen off of watching wrestling in general for the most part. Um, And I was watching for – I was pretty much only watching pay-per-views, but I didn't want to watch that one. So I just didn't. And – uh so seeing it in the documentary really kind of hit me. I was like, fuck, man. That was, that was brutal, and it broke my heart for him, for, for The Undertaker, because it's what he's striving for throughout almost that whole year, just trying to get back so he can have another match to make up for what happened. you know. So uh, and, and there's some other stuff that happened. Uh, they ended at Extreme Rules 2019, where he finally puts on a great match after those two disappointing uh saudi shows um yeah and you know i i I thought it was a great way to end it so what were your thoughts overall on chapter four i really liked chapter four it was it's been my favorite chapter so far brought back a lot of the memories i had of the undertaker when i was a kid um side story to how much i love the undertaker which you know a lot of my stories about the undertaker um so, when I was a kid, before I learned that wrestling was, you know, what it is of the show, Undertaker terrified me when the lights would go out and he would walk down the entrance way, and then he would raise his hands and the lights would come on. And getting to see the veil pulled back during, like, those outtakes and stuff like that, it really showed an aspect of how much he really gave a... He cared for the character because, like, he really put a lot into it. Yeah. You know, and I was like, man, like you don't get shit like that today. Like like they did the exit with Bray, uh, Bray Wyatt. And he's yeah. like, most guys, it's who they are, but they just crank the intensity up to 10. Yeah. He's like, Taker's always on 10. Taker is Taker. And like, I'm just like, man, back in the day, could you just imagine like you're 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 with your parents, WWE show ends. And all of a sudden you look over in a car and there's this fucking pale white fucking guy sitting there just like, (laughs) you're just like, mommy, go. (laughs) Like, I, I couldn't imagine that. But as a kid, I was terrified of The Undertaker for that purpose. Yeah. And I'm like, 
so seeing a lot of the behind the scenes was really cool. Unlike you, I did watch the Crown Jewel match or the Saudi show where he fought Goldberg. Oh, the the Super Showdown, yeah. The Super Showdown, and that was the only match I watched, and it was it was painful. Yeah. And watching, and and they say it enough too. Had that match happened with both men in their prime, that match on paper could have sold out WrestleMania itself. Yeah. For them to both go in like 20 years past their prime and try to do something like that, it was way worse than anybody would have expected it. And I feel bad for both of them because since that match, we've seen both of those guys have fantastic matches. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think if if Goldberg hadn't bashed his skull off of a ring post, they might have actually had a good match. Possibly. Because I mean, I, like that... Because he was so concussed was the reason why he was, like, having trouble picking up Taker and, like, botching moves because he physically couldn't do it. It just – it sucks for both of them because, yeah. I mean, even Taker said it wasn't Bill's fault. It wasn't his fault. It was a combination. It just happened. Yeah, you know? Yep. I mean, just fucking – it was an accident and it happened. And they couldn't but, just end the fucking match. I mean – and they could, but I don't think I don't think Vince was going to let not, that happen. Neither one of them would have wanted that. Yeah, because like you get a little bit. I mean, I, you have to be paying attention, but you get a little bit of an insight into Vince McMahon towards the end here. When after that Extreme Rules match, when Taker says that that's it, you know, he thinks that that that's it, and he should be done. Yep. And, you know, and Vince is like, you know, it, it's all about that, you know? And Taker's like, no, it's got to be about me, you know? So you you kind of see Vince, Vince only pretty much cares about the business. And you know what I mean? That's what's made it what it is, so I get that. But that shows that he Vince would never have just ended that match, you know what I mean? I, will, I really I will don't buy it. This, I have, watching this documentary, I've seen a side of Vince McMahon that, they don't ever talk about. You see the way he acts with Taker behind the scenes. And, like, mm-hmm. he's all, like, there is a connection there. Oh, yeah, he cares about, about people. He does. Yeah. But I think he cares about the business more. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. No, I, I it's think... It's just the way he is as a person. I think Vince separates it. I think that there is a difference, like, not to use it as the moment that it would be. Take over the Edge 99 as example. Mm-hmm. After Owen passed, there, that, that that event should have been canceled. Yeah, exactly. But, but you can't cancel something like that because then you've got to start doing refunds and stuff like that. And you, you take that realize, hit. You take that hit. And that's I the agree point. with you. But that's they have more than enough money. You take the hit. I, I, I get that. That's not what I'm saying, though. That's where Vince is separated. Vince sees the business as separate from the people. Yes, he cares about the people, but like you said, he cares about the business and the money. And that's sometimes... I do, though, like I said, think he cares about the business more. And again, I don't think it's a bad thing, but if it was WWE or The Undertaker, it's WWE. You know what I mean? He's he's never going to not pick his company over a single person, you know, except for maybe himself, but... I, I mean, the company I, I truly go on without him and The Undertaker, and they made that comment during the the taping. And I mean, like, it's only a matter of time. I have a feeling within the next year we'll see his last match. 
I think that's what this yeah. building do. Oh, abs- I, I absolutely believe that. Um, I, I almost wonder if that Boneyard match was his last match. Well, that's, I was just going to say, I'm wondering if that Boneyard match might have been the last match. They kind of make an allusion to that. You know, AJ Styles makes a comment, you know, it's like, you know, it, it seems like he, he wants one more match, you know, and I'm going to give it to him. You know, I'm going to I'm going to do my best to give that to him. Yeah. So, so here's my question to you. What if the Boneyard match was Taker's last match? I, I mean, I personally think his last match should have been years ago when he still had the streak intact. If the Boneyard match was his last match, I'm fine with that. It was okay. a great match. It was a great match. It was great. I'm not even going to say it was a good match. It was an okay. No, that match was great. Yeah. Cinematography worked really well with that. He looked strong during that. He looked amazing. AJ looked amazing. I have no problems with that. Okay. Um, and speaking of, you you, you talked about how uh, you know it should have ended back when he had the streak. Um, I was reading something beforehand. Uh, I didn't put it in the, in, in the news or anything, part of it. But apparently um, that match with Brock where the streak was broken, apparently that week leading up to it, Vince was going back and forth as to whether or not Taker should win or lose that match like one day it'd be like okay you're gonna you're gonna retain your streak the next day okay brock's gonna gonna win and, you know it's, he's gonna break the streak and it'll go back and forth i just i think that that's kind of wild you know to think about what could have been you know what if he didn't lose his streak maybe we'll do an episode about that or something maybe uh, i don't know it'd be kind of interesting uh if you guys think in, uh, that kind of an idea doing some what ifs is a cool idea let us know send us a voicemail anchor.fm slash off the ropes jj all right. Uh, so the finale of uh, Undertaker: The Last Ride, part chapter five, will be this coming Sunday on June twenty first. Uh, I thought it was going to be later because I, I heard rumors that they were still filming stuff, um, but apparently they're more done than people were letting on. I guess I don't know. Um, so I'm glad that, it's, that we're not going to have another wait. You know, like we had to wait a couple of weeks or whatever for chapter four. Um, I'm kind of glad. That we're going to be getting this. Uh, part of me almost wishes that they had pushed it back a week and still had this episode air after NXT TakeOver and then the final after Backlash because it seems like it would have made more sense to have them lead after the, the pay-per-views because yep. you feel like you would get more views on it, but I, I, I don't know. That's just my, my thought on it. But uh, So, yeah, check out June 21st, Chapter 5, and uh, we will be talking about that on our next episode. Whenever that happens to be. All right. So now, John, what are we going to cover? WWE presents Backlash. That's right. Backlash. It's a pretty good show. I enjoyed it. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, we watched the paper, or not the paper, yeah, we did watch paper. We watched the pre show. And unlike the NXT pre show, it actually had a match in it. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to kind of go through the pre-show a little bit. Uh, they had, okay, so they had a a bit with, with Booker T and JBL, and we talked about it while we were watching it. Um, and how they're kind of just making light of Nia Jax hurting people. Um, making it seem like, yeah, you know, she's a, she's a, she's a powerhouse. She'll hurt you in the ring. But it's not it's not like she's hurting people in her gimmick. She's 
actually hurting people. And yeah. I don't think that they should be like using that as, as like a, a piece of her gimmick and making it seem like that's okay. I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way personally. What were your thoughts? I mean, no, you know, I, you know, my standings on this one already. Nia Jax hurting people needs to stop. I'm, I'm on the bandwagon of Nia Jax either needs to drop a few pounds, get retrained and stop hurting people. Or she needs to be out the fucking door. Um, yeah. and I know that's harsh to say, but at the same time, how many people are going to get hurt before you stand up and go, okay, hey, hey. Yeah. I mean, how many other people have come through main roster, not been ready, been doing things wrong, and gotten shipped back down to, like, NXT or to, to you know, old developmentals when they were oh, different God, places yeah. to get retrained? Why is she any different? I don't right. care that she just came back. They got this big push. If she's not doing shit correctly, she needs to be retrained. That's just the way it is. Uh, otherwise, you're going to start hurting people. Things are going to happen like, yeah. like, like fucking Ryback style, you know, where people are just fucking getting busted up and shit all over the place, have injury after injury. That's the kind of thing that's going to happen. So, I don't know. Well, and that's the thing that sucks, too, is because, like, I mean, like, people are going to get hurt. You're not going to have enough people left to fight her. Yeah. I mean, even take away the, the untrainedness. Nia Jax is an above-average woman. She is an awesome Kong style of woman. Mm-hmm. It's hard to book people against her and make it look realistic and legit. Because yeah. Nia Jax is a bigger person. And over the last year, she has definitely put on some poundage. And not not necessarily in a bad way. But if you're going to do that, you also need to make sure that you're still working safe and that you are working smart. Yeah. I mean, look at people like you got the big show, you got Mark Henry. These are big powerhouse dudes who could, you know, if you're looking at size wise, should just be able to take out pretty much anybody. Yep. And they, I mean, may, I'm sure it happened a few times, but these aren't kind of the kind of guys who are known for, oh, yeah, you get in the ring, you're getting hurt for, with this guy. You know what I mean? Because they know how to work. Absolutely. That's the problem, you know, like. If she's not being trained, if they're if they're if they're pushing her training fast to get her up into the roster or whatever, that's not going to help her. It's not going to help the rest of the roster. It's not going to help the show. Dude, she's been on roster long enough now. There's no excuse anymore. Problem is, she didn't really get that much ring time. She we, got a decent right? amount of ring time a couple years ago. That was a couple years ago, and she was still not that great then. Just saying that. No, that what she- I'm saying is she's obviously not trained the way she needs to be trained that's what i'm saying then she yeah. needs to be taken off and repackaged and retrained mm-hmm. that's, what I, that's, that's what I said yeah at this, this point this, I, this I'm last time being gone after her after this injury that or whatever it was that for the reason that she was out um she should have spent time down in nxt getting getting retrained fully right. trained back before they even thought about i don't care if it took a year you know what i mean she should have been down there until she had this down pat. Uh, we also saw Christian and Ric Flair talking a bit about uh, the upcoming Edge and Orton match from that night. Uh, but really, the only thing for this I wanted to mention was that it Flair's speech seemed off. I, like We talked about it a little bit. I don't know if anybody else out there noticed this. I don't know if he had some sort of incident sometime recently, but it... it, it seemed concerning to me yeah it was definitely off 
like almost like it almost made me wonder if he's had a stroke recently. I don't know if he has, um, but it, it it seemed off to me. I, I don't know. Uh, then we got uh, Miz and Morrison doing a music video. <laughs> Tell me I, about this music video. That how much did you love this music video? I hated the music video. Hey, I love. Hey, hey, oh, oh, no, God. no. Alright. I mean, I could be. I, maybe I hate the fact that they're like... I love that there's humor from these two. Don't get me wrong. I love what they're doing. But this whole, like, let's turn them into musicians and make them like this whatever we're doing thing, yeah. it's dumb. I mean, like, I, I'm not trying to shit on the product in an entirety, but I mean, like, like, what the fuck are you doing with them? Do you want them to be taking as a serious set of heels? Because... All you're doing is making them look like fucking idiots. It honestly yeah. takes away from their wrestling uh, credentials. I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I enjoy when they're kind of goofy, but I do think that they're kind of going a little far with it. Yeah, but the only problem with goofy is is people get too goofy, and then you got stuff like Adam Rose where you can't fucking bounce back from it and you never get used properly again. Yeah, but I don't think the Miz. I don't think there would come a time where he ain't gonna be able to bounce back from it. He's been really? there too long, and he has had too much going for him. Really? Yeah. I really? Can about eight years ago, the Miz was the top of the fucking company. Yeah, there's been tons of guys who've been in this company who've been the top of the company and are still around doing damn good work. Just because you're not the champ. Or in the title picture doesn't mean that you haven't bounced back from something bad. I mean, I'm just saying these guys are getting. He's pushed still down. a top tier player. I don't care what anybody says. I don't know if he's top tier anymore. I don't. I, I don't care what you say. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's an opinion thing, man. I don't see the Miz being top tier anymore. I personally don't see Jomo since he came back being top tier anymore. I don't really think Jomo is. Um, and so I think that them as a team kind of. I think this music stuff drags them down. Like they could be a, they could be a, they could be a, a much more top tier team. If they just let them do that. That's what I'm saying. I, this music thing really takes away from their credentials. I mean, I know the WWE, cause we talked about this on Sunday. I, I wouldn't say it takes away from their credentials cause they always will have those credentials. Okay. You know and what I mean? However I mean to say it, but I mean like, because we talked about this on Sunday, that the WWE, for some reason, isn't talking about ECW. Like, whether or not the... I mean, and they're ECW, too. Not the original ECW out of Philly. Yeah, because they listed a bunch of titles that... Yeah, they Jomo were listing had. off title things for The Miz, which I don't even know why we're talking about this match already, because we're still on the pre-show. That's because we're talking about them. In their yeah. Music. But you can uh, just talk about that part real quick. But, like... Like, Jomo's a former ECW champion, like, and, like, yeah, let's not acknowledge that at all. Yeah. You know, let's just, Jomo was gone for 10 years, and okay, he's back now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know if they're ashamed of their version of ECW, because it didn't last that long. I so. mean, but it, it made talent. It made guys yeah. like CM Punk and Zack Ryder. Mm-hmm. It made fucking, oh, who was that, that guy that, uh. Oh man! Oh, what was his name? It's right on the tip of my tongue. 
Oh yeah, his name was Ezekiel Torres, and oh. he was the final ECW <clears throat> champion. But then nothing ever happened with him after ECW went down. Yeah, well, that's true too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, I get it. But uh, so speaking of music, what were your thoughts on the use of the Greatest Showman music? Exactly. I don't. I don't think it fit. First off, I've got one over on you on this one because you haven't seen The Greatest Showman yet. No, I don't need to, but I I like the music. I don't understand the point to using The Greatest Show when you're promoting The Greatest Match. I mean, I get their thought behind it. I just don't think the song fits the tone. That they're going for. Uh, and even when it's you just, replaced the original with the Panic at the Disco, it wasn't any better. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to move on to the pre-show match. The one and only match for the pre-show. Apollo Cruz versus Andrade for the U.S. title. Uh, so this match gets started. Kevin Owen comes out uh, before it actually officially starts. Joins commentary. Um I thought it was a pretty good match. Apollo looked really good during this match. Uh, Kevin Owens got involved at one point. Not in the actual part of the match, but uh, I think he uh, took out, what's his face, Angel Garza uh, at one point. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I mean, for a pre-show match, I I, I thought it was pretty good. I I dug it. What did you think? I mean, it was it was it was a really good pre-show match. I was actually really impressed with this. Yeah, um, got to see a lot of athleticism from Apollo Cruz. Yeah, got to see a lot of the like the really good movements from um, Andrade, which I have no problems with Andrade. I think he's honestly one of my favorite workers right now. Yeah, he is he is a tough ass worker, man. Like he is constantly showing me he has what it takes to be singles competition. Um, like mid-level champion right now. And I see future heavyweight champion in him. I think he's just got to figure out his niche uh, because sometimes some of the shit he does isn't, it isn't smooth. It's not okay. a fresh jar of Skippy. Um, <laughs> okay. Like, like his heel is okay. Like he's a really good heel. Let's see him as a face. Let's see what he can do when people get behind him. I get that. I get that. Um, I feel similarly about Apollo. I think that he's got the talent to go higher. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, he's already at that mid-level title spot. And and I I think we talked about this. I think he's better than Bobby Lashley. And since Bobby Lashley's in the fucking title picture. I mean, I completely agree. I think he's better than Bobby Lashley. I don't think the company sees the faith in him. Yeah. And we were talking about this the other night because Bobby Lashley is getting pushed as Kind of where he was in... He's 06. the almighty, and I'm not a fan well, of Well, yeah, but they're bringing back, like, the whole... They brought it up during his angle with McIntyre this, like, this last couple weeks where Drew McIntyre is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. And Ma- Lashley's like, you know, that was my position before it was yours. And it's true. Yeah. In 06, 2007, he was getting that push. Yeah. And I don't... So one of the big things I've noticed from Lashley, and I don't know if anybody else will agree with this, one of his biggest downsides is he cannot talk. Yeah, he's not great the, on the mic. The moment he opens his mouth, and even it happened on Raw, he can have only five words to say, and he's going to mess up three of the five. Yeah. And it's like, either fucking learn your shit better, 
know what you're talking about or just don't talk and let MVP do all your talking for you. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, he's, he's and he's been around for a while. Uh, yes, he was in MMA for there for a while, but you'd think by now he would have gotten better on the mic, and I really just don't think he has. I don't think he has either, and I honestly, I don't think his in-ring skills gotten any better either. Yeah. I mean, he puts on good matches, but at the same time, I mean, you've seen one Lashley match, you've seen them all. Yeah, there's not a lot of, like, there's not a lot of diversity in his match. No. His matches, like, he, he, it's just, like, the same stuff. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He's going to powerhouse you. He's going to suplex you. There's probably going to be a spear. I've noticed he stopped using the Dominator. Hmm. I used to actually like the Dominator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who knows why. I don't know. Uh, the last thing for the pre-show was uh, they showed, like, the, the build-up for the Sheamus-Jeff Hardy stuff. And we talked about this. I am not a fan of this sobriety angle that they're going with. I just, I just want it to end. You know, I love seeing Jeff kind of get a bit more screen time out there. That's cool. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. You know, I'm done with this. Like this yeah. whole angle is just stupid. Yeah. And I, I, I linked the video to you where back in like it was like 2011. It was like an almost or no, it was 2006. It was an almost identical fucking shot for shot from, like, the Shawn Michaels Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like, you know, like, the script was pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's better to be pissed off than pissed on. Yeah. If somebody throws urine. It's ridiculous. <laughs> the writer's probably like, shit, we forgot to write something for this week's uh, sobriety angle. What do we got? What, okay, let's go through the files. Better to be pissed off than pissed on. <laughs> That'll work. You know what would be even funnier is if somebody was like watching that segment at that time. Like, hey guys, we got Michaels doing this sobriety angle right here. Look at this. And he's like, it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. They're like, you know what? Don't even paraphrase. Just take it. Just, just, Sean is going to be Jeff and Vince is going to be Seamus. Just go with it. Somebody better be writing this down. All right, so now we're going to get into the event, the actual event, Backlash. Uh, started off the, uh, as we call it, the curtain jerker, the pace setter. The Alexa jerk. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics versus Bailey and Sasha in a triple threat women's tag team championship match. In a true triple threat format, which I thought was interesting, um... And I still don't know whether or not there were actually DQs in this match. I'm not sure. Never came up. Yeah. I, I, I have to assume that there weren't, but it never came up and nobody ever did anything with it. And that would have been way more interesting if somebody just grabbed a chair, used the steps, put not someone through the match needs table. Weapons, bro. Hey, if there's no DQs, you better utilize that. That's the way I look at it. See, that's the way you look at it. I disagree Stop with that statement. leaving shit on the table, literally and figuratively. Now, if, if Extreme Rules would have been next month, then yes, I'd go with that. Oh, wait, Extreme Rules. It is next month. month. Okay, then yeah, maybe. Because it could have built up towards a, a bigger match. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm like, wait, Extreme Rules is coming up. Somebody oh. pulls out a kendo stick. Are they Charlotte Flair? Maybe. 
And then it I goes mean, into Extreme Rules. <laughs> so let's talk about this match. All right. Uh, I, I don't think it was as good as it could have been or should have been, especially being that opening match. You know, it's like I've always called it the pace setter. This is the match that sets the pace for the rest of the show. And if it's not, if it's not an incredible match, it's going to drag out the rest of the show a bit, you know, at least until you get something that is better. And I felt that with this. Um, I, I'm not saying it was bad. I still think it was a pretty decent match. But there were there was stuff that just, I think it was too slow at times. Uh, I, I don't know if these if the girls just weren't quite meshing for some weird reason. I don't know what it what it was specifically, but just like I said, it just didn't. It wasn't quite as good as I was hoping it to be. Agreed. I saw some decent stuff in there, but not not what I was expecting from there to be six women in that match. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to say because I don't know. It felt wasn't the worst match of the night. Yeah. Though. It just it wasn't spectacular. Nothing really popped out all that much. Bailey and Sasha retained their titles, so it's not like. Not like there was a title change, something crazy happened, but yeah, I know you were you were hoping that they weren't gonna keep their titles, but yeah, it happens. I mean, the Iconics have a title shot coming up, so we'll see. Yeah, that's true. All right, so then we got Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. They went right into this thing, man. Started off fast, uh, getting getting kind of like Je- Jeff just showing classic Jeff, you know, just getting out there, going fast paced. Uh, doing what he's got to do. Uh, Hardy fucking winds up smashing his knee on the top of the ring post at one point. Then Sheamus botches a fucking move. Like, all kinds of stuff was going on. But even with all of that, I still enjoyed this match. I think this one should have been the opener. I think if they had switched the two, the first two matches, I think the pacing would have been a lot better. Though it would have been weird having two women's matches back-to-back. They could have just switched the other one to, like, like switch the next two, I guess. I don't know. But what are your thoughts? Jeff Hardy. Seamus. I know he, Jeff Hardy is one of your faves. Jeff Hardy is one of my faves. Um, I really thought this match looked really good. I thought they made... They did a really good job of making Seamus look good. Um, Jeff got his ass handed to him, but looked strong while it was happening. His mesh shirt got completely ripped up. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um... You, like you said, you got to see some classic Hardy stuff, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And I love that he used the steps to climb up onto the barricade mm-hmm. and run the barricade. Um, a little disappointed in the ending because I thought with the way they were pushing this angle, maybe they were going to let Jeff have this win but, like, squeak by. And, like, there would be the buildup towards another match. Uh, not have Sheamus literally bro kick him so hard in the face that, like, Jeff Hardy is no more. <laughs> Um, to say Jeff Hardy might be broken would be like an understatement at this point. Fair enough. <laughs> to get that man a dentist. Yep. Um, but I really enjoyed the match overall. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought I dug it. Uh, but you know, Sheamus did win. Yeah. You know, Sadly, unfortunately, I was hoping that Jeff would pull out a win on this one, but you know, he still looked good, uh, and I'm I'm excited to see what else they do with Jeff going forward. Yeah. All right, so next up was the Raw Women's Championship match. John's favorite match of the night, Nia Jax versus Asuka. (laughs) Asuka working hard right off the bat, man. She wanted this win, you know what I mean? 
She, you could tell. I love Oscar. I think she's one of the best workers in the company right now. Um, but the fact that she had to go up against Nia Jax, <laughs> I do think Nia worked better than I thought she would. Um, I agree. But she still botched some stuff, and I wasn't a f- big fan of that ending. I though I do feel like it helped push their feud. Oh, it absolutely helped push the feud. Yeah, I thought the ending was probably as much as I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I thought the ending was probably the best part of the match. Yeah, it was. It was, it was probably not- the. It was probably the best way to do it. Too. You know what I mean? Because if you have if you have Oscar win, I I think that hurts the the Nia's push. So yeah. I don't think they would do that. And if you have because you know if you're staying with Oscar keeping her title, if you have Nia DQ herself, I mean you could do that, but I just I feel like they use that too much. You know well, what I mean? They do, and that's why I said like I didn't see this ending coming because if it's like you said. If Asuka would have pinned Nia Jax, there goes Nia's push. If Nia beats Asuka, well, now Asuka looks weak as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have had to have been some kind of interference from an outside party. But now you're building towards a triple threat angle, and you don't want to do that right now either. Unless you've got something up your sleeve for a bigger picture. Yeah. So they did what they had to do, and they went for the champion's advantage outside the ring. Yep. And... I feel like you don't get a double count out very often. No, not often at all. So it like like you were saying, it was a surprise. Like we were not expecting that at all. I figured that like maybe Oscar would run in at the last minute, and, and and then you know just Nia would get counted out. But I was not expecting a double count out. So I thought I mean, it was definitely interesting. Um, I enjoyed overall. I enjoyed the match. I do think the fact that it was Nia brought it down a bit. <laughs> Almost anybody else probably would have been a better match, but you know, that is what it is. You know, I I don't choose who the WWE chooses to uh, push when they do, so they don't listen to us on stuff like that. No, they oh. just steal our other ideas. Yeah, only on other stuff. <laughs> All right, so then we had Braun Strowman versus Miz and Morrison in a two-on-one handicap match for the Universal Title. Uh, this was interesting. I didn't like when before the match started. I assumed it was gonna be like just a straight up two on one. Uh, I didn't realize it was a two on one tag match. So uh, like when that happened, I think you you said to me, "Well, it definitely puts it in Braun's favor a bit more." Yeah. Because if it was if it was just a straight up two on one, Mr. Morrison had a had a much better chance. Well, you also thought before the match started that it was if they won, they were going to be co-champ. And mm-hmm. they made the announcement that whoever pinned Braun Strowman yeah. was going to be the champ. And I said straight out, well, there it goes right there. We know Braun's going to win yeah. because, I mean, they're not going to they're not going to allow one another to win the title. And yeah. that played out in this match. I that- was really hoping that they would get to use, like, the free bird rule and have the title and just be able to give it to whoever the hell they wanted to at the time which would be interesting i think yep you know but like miz you got a match against so-and-so for the title and he's like jomo's the champ this week (laughs) (laughs) you know funny that would that would be some good comedy right there too but yeah i mean overall i i like this match um they did show that music video again 
And uh, I literally went and went and took a leak during that because I already saw it. Didn't need to see it again. Uh, but, you know, Braun Strowman looked strong as usual. Uh, Ms. Morrison made some real good tags back and forth. Like, these guys know how to work in the ring. And, and that's why, like what we were talking about earlier, about how the, the music thing's kind of shadowing that. You know, like, they're <sighs> fucking amazing I feel like a lot of the stuff they've been doing is shadowing their in-ring ability. Yeah. This whole, like, hey, hey, ho, ho, Ms. Morrison, hey, hey, ho, ho. It's like, we get it. You guys are fucking, you click, you're cool. I mean, just, just fucking wrestle. Shut up. Yeah, I mean, fuck, if anything, man, hey, hey, ho, ho, Ms. and Jomo, at least fucking make it rhyme. Bothers That's me. yeah. <laughs> it bothers me that it. I told lie. you that when they first started doing that, I was like, if it uh-huh. rhymes, bug me as much. But yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like you said, WWE leaving out the fact that Morrison was an ECW champ. That really kind of, kind of was something we talked about a lot during as we were watching the match. Yep. Uh, really bothered us there. Um, you know. So okay, so. We talked about how they set up this match to be if one of them pins Braun, that person gets the title. Yep. And we said right off the bat, this is going to cause some sort of conflict yep. between these two. And we see a little bit of that in at, toward the end of this match where um, Jomo goes to pin Braun and Miz slides up in there and he pulls Jomo off. And then he's instantly like, oh, why did I do that? Oh, I'm so sorry, you know? And then yep. he put him back on Braun. And he didn't wind up getting the win. He might have gotten the win. You know what I mean? It's very possible. You know, he it, like it was like on the two count that he pulled him off. So he very well, Miz very well might have just prevented Jomo from getting the title. Yep. You know? And so I'm curious what kind of turmoil is going to happen between these two uh, I, I mean I love them as a team and I don't want to see them split so I'm not a big fan of them kind of putting them in that position but you know what are your thoughts on that on, on this I mean if they're going to split them I would I don't want it to get drawn out I want to see it just happen yeah um if you're going to keep them as a tag team then you need to have there be like a moment where Miz is just like look dude like and like it doesn't have to be like uh one turns on the other. It could just be Miz being like, I missed my glory days of being the WWE champ, man. I really wanted that belt. And Joe Mo could be like that. I mean it, yeah. It, yeah. And Joe Mo could be like, dude, I get it. You were somebody once, but now this is who we are. If we're gonna take down Braun Strowman, we gotta work together, bro. Hey, hey. I, I really Whoa. like that actually. I think that would be a great a great way to do it and I mean, you know, WWE loves to do their like backstage segments and shit, and that would be a perfect one to have that to kind of show that they're not that they're still a team, that they're still cohesive and on yep. the same page. Actually, I really like that. Bravo! Thank you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Braun Strowman won that match. Obviously, kept his title. So uh, I'm interested to see if we get more and like just like I don't know if you call it a feud. I don't know how long they've been doing this, but. If, uh, if we get to see more of that, we'll, we'll see. All right, next up is Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. 
All right. Uh, again, Bobby Lashley, he's all right. Um, but problem is, like Nia Jax, still botches things, man. You know, he there at one point in the match, he had what did he, what did he have him up? Was it like a like a jackhammer type of uh, a position, something like that, where uh, like that. Lashley like lost his footing and drove McIntyre's head into the floor. Oh yeah, and that looked sick. Yeah, I remember if I, maybe he had him up like power. I remember, I remember what he had, what movie had him set up for. But yeah, he Magstar's head went right into the fucking floor, and it's like that's the kind of shit where it's like you're really gonna hurt somebody. Yeah, and they were at ringside too. It's not like they were in the ring. Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah, they were down on the floor. It was ridiculous. Um, so they, I, I kind of jumped the gun in this. Uh, right before the match, Lashley jumps McIntyre before the bell even rings. Uh, we kind of figured something like that was going to happen, seeing as the, the last time... Uh, I don't remember if it was... What was it, on SmackDown? Is that what, what show he's on? I don't know fuck right. that time. Um, on Raw. It was on Raw. Okay, so when, when McIntyre was in the ring with, with uh, MVP, he thought he was going to get jumped. You know, that was this is the whole thing because it's happened before or whatever. Um, and he said, you know, you, you, that's not going to happen tonight. It happened on on backlash though, you know what I mean. So like yep. we kind of felt like that was coming. Um, it wasn't super surprising. Uh, I wish that I don't know. I just, I, I, I kind of wish things had just been different in that match. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's just because I kind of am over Bobby Lashley. <laughs> so anything he does, I'm just like I don't care. You know, he had some some good submission work. Actually, they both had some good submission work. They did. You know, we they got. Did. We got a crossface out of, uh, in this. We got a, a Kimura lock in this thing. Like, there was some good stuff happening. But, uh, yeah, so then end of the match comes around. Lana comes out. She was told to stay in the back. She decides she's going to come out. Distracts Bobby Lashley. Gets knocked off the ring. Uh, and costs Lashley the match. McIntyre retains his title. What do you think about this ending? Uh, what were your thoughts about this whole Lana thing? I know that you're not a big fan of the Lana angle in the first place, so I just want to kind of get your thoughts on this. I think the the whole way they played it was asinine. Yeah. Bobby Lashley has this chance at WWE Championship, and this is how we're going to screw him. Yeah. Uh, there were 110 other ways they could have done it and not involved Lana and still got the result they wanted. But um, they, they, uh, for those of you who watched Raw, there's a reason why they did it. Yes. And I and I get why they did it. Again, there were other ways they could have went about it. Yeah. Um, and still got the same result. Yeah, maybe. Um, but they, I think they wanted to fast track. I think they did as well. Raw, I know, mean, with... since the beginning of this angle, fans have been in an uproar against it, and now Rusev's gone from the company anyway. So it's it's kind of like, well, why is Lana still there? Yeah, don't be shocked if she ain't she ain't around much longer. I or Rusev surprised. comes back. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, if they decide to start bringing people back that they've recently let go, which they have, you know, so yeah. uh, who knows? Uh, but the ending of the match I thought was really disappointing <laughs> because, like I said, this is Bobby Lashley's, like, WWE title chance. And we screw him over by having Alana get involved. And it is what it is. Like you said, there was a free, uh, reason for it. I still think they could have made it look better. He had another title chance on Raw. I know he did. Yeah, and I mean, 
didn't go his way then either. You know, Lana still sticking her nose in things, and you know, finally on Raw, he finally asked, told Lana he was sick of it all and wanted <laughs> wants a divorce. So hopefully, yep. this whole angle will fizzle out soon, and we won't have to worry about it. But on Raw, speaking of, real quick, we did see our truth get a win during that match. Yeah, we did. It was actually really cool seeing uh, 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 McIntyre kind of help him out, you know, because our truth, like, you know, I, I, I need this, man. I need you to believe in me, you know? Yep. And and at the end of the match, MVP is down, and Drew McIntyre could easily have just pinned him, and he's like, you know what? No, nah, he goes over, tags him, tells him to go up top, and literally just throws him out. Yep. Get MVP. It was awesome. Well, I mean- when you're tag teaming with the 24-7-7-11 I-95 interstate champion, I mean, you got to you gotta go balls to the wall, man. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It was good times. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, overall, the match was okay. Um, yeah. I don't think it was a garbage match or anything, but uh, the ending, like you said, yeah, wasn't the hugest fan. No, the ending is what did it for me. The match itself was fine. It was just that ending. So next up was supposed to be the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders for the tag team titles. And that doesn't happen. Not even a little bit. Instead, we get uh, both those teams outside brawling. And they start off in like the parking lot. They smash Braun Strowman's car and take off. And they start fighting inside. They, you know, they grab like fucking golf clubs and shields and a bowling ball, all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's just, I don't know. This whole thing was nuts to me. Um, there was some cool stuff in it, but in some uh, at least borderline racist stuff in it. I, I don't know. I'm a white guy, so I don't. I mean, maybe maybe that's it's not considered that. But I it, I was a little uncomfortable watching the whole uh, Akira Tozawa stuff with the. Uh, uh, motorcycle riding ninja thing. I don't know. It seemed a little eh, to me, but whatever. I'm I'm not I'm not Asian. I don't know if that's offensive to to anybody else. It just felt a little uncomfortable to me. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? You know, we'll kind of if there's some stuff about it you want to bring up specifically, we'll kind of we'll kind of go. There's all so much fucking stuff that happened during this thing. It's ridiculous. All right, so let me. Just say it like this. I'm going to keep it short and sweet about this match. <laughs> I thought it was very entertaining. Yeah. I was very disappointed to not see the tag team titles defended because I was looking forward to that match. And I know it sounds really dumb. I really thought that would have been a good match, though. Um, Street Profits, Viking Raiders, they've been putting on these these I-can-do-anything-better-than-you things. I thought it was going to be good. And then we get the shit fest we got, which wasn't a bad shit fest. It wasn't like you drank the water in Mexico and you needed to be in the bathroom for three days. <laughs> but it definitely wasn't like what it wasn't what I was expecting. Like, yeah, and I can't even describe it. But then, like, like you said, then you get like the whole racist part to it, like towards the end where, um, well, it was like was kind, it was kind of like in the middle. Yeah, because like, then it, like, it keeps going, and then they bring it into raw. Yep. Which, I don't I don't know. Well, it's, so that's the thing. So, like, obviously there's no kayfabe anymore because, like, moments after Backlash went off the air, 
there are reports coming a bit about the seven foot five black guy under a mask. Yeah. And he's an NXT talent and um, this and that. But I'm like, okay, so Tazawa's like obviously of Asian descent of some sort. Well, you can tell the giant ninja's a black guy. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's a ninja who's not doing shit. Yeah, he just stands there. <clears throat> he reminds me of the great Kali at this point. Like, he does, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll get my paycheck now. And who uh, knows? Hey, maybe he's a good wrestler. Because I, I, I have no idea who this guy is. So. I have no idea who he is either. But I'm just at this point, I'm just like, this This storyline is dumb. Yeah. That's all I'm going to leave it at. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. It was dumb. Well, I, I mean, there are a couple things I still want to cover in it. Um, So, like, the whole thing comes from all this, you know, I can do anything better than you stuff that they've been doing with the Street Profits and Viking Raiders. Um, you know, you, so I get why they wanted to. Let's say, let's put it this way: I kind of get why they went this route because if they had had a straight out match, then there's going to be a winner, most likely. I doubt they'd do two double countouts in the same night, but they might. But I, I doubt it. Um, so. I feel like they they want to keep things going with them, the, the back and forth. Uh, this also introduced them, the four of them working together as what they call the Viking Prophets, which comes back up on Raw. When uh, when Tazawa and all the ninjas come out, they have to join forces yet again to become the Viking Prophets and take on all these ninjas, um, which it, it was so fucking stupid. It, it, it is was so stupid. Um, there were some funny stuff, like, uh, the bowling ball thing was funny in concept, but me and you did it way better. Um, uh, then they did, uh, fucking, I think it was Izar, or Ivar, whatever fuck his name is, uh, using the force to grab a turkey leg. Um, it was stupid, but funny at the same time, if that makes any sense. Um, and then they wind up in a fucking dumpster. Now, this was kind of where I have a little bit of, of an issue with this whole thing because as I as look look up stuff online or whatever, I keep reading. They're like, oh, yeah, they totally they, they missed their match, and that's why it, it didn't happen. But they're in the dumpster, and the ref comes out and says, your match is about to start. And then within a minute or two, they're out of the dumpster, and it's over. Yep. So if their match was about to start, why was it canceled? Why why couldn't they ran in the building and had their fucking match? I don't understand. Yeah. Like it it really bugged me. Like like at, even as the next match was starting, I'm like, what the fuck? It was still bothering me that they just they promoted this match and then said, "Eh, fuck you guys. You're not getting that match. You're going to get this fucking stupid fake fucking thing that we're just gonna put together there's gonna be a fucking tentacle in the dumpster what like stop stop it really i don't know it bothered me <laughs> like it, there, like i said it was fun as like a, just a thing but it bothered me that they substituted that for the actual match i don't know i don't know if you felt that way but that's how i felt I mean, like I said, I was very disappointed. I was looking forward to that match. Yeah, absolutely. They could have done some good stuff. But uh, no matter what, we got to end the night on a pretty damn good match. I'm not going to say it's the greatest wrestling match ever. Because I don't think it was. And not for any fault of Edge, 
or Orton because they put on a fucking clinic during this thing. But uh, there's some other stuff that we'll get into. So, yeah, so as you can assume, next up, Edge versus Orton in the greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, apparently, this match. Greatest show! Apparently, this match was filmed a week prior on June 7th. Uh, I, I don't remember. I don't know if NXT TakeOver in Your House was filmed live, but if it was, then these were filmed on the same day. I don't know. Uh, so they were really trying hard to push this greatest match thing throughout the, throughout this. Oh whole, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like... With, uh, with the, they got fucking Fink, you know, using his voice, the, the voiceover, they had the ref in the blue shirt, the MSG mic, the, the lighting, everything. Uh, they had this weird fucking, the, the, they, they utilized some cinematic and they used some weird fucking camera angles for like fake shots, like underneath the tie-up like obviously there's not a fucking camera in the ring underneath them so they had obviously had to film that separately and it bothered me you know you know that i was i was talking about it throughout the whole fucking thing and then they added fake crowd noise which i saw a lot of people like oh yeah i loved it i loved it i'm just like really like if it was actually a crowd there and i could see that there was a crowd there cool but every time I heard the crowd and the murmur from the, the fake crowd, I'm like, there's not a fucking crowd there. So it's fake. And I know it's fake. And that bothered me. <laughs> I wish there was an actual crowd there, but it, it, there wasn't. So what were your thoughts on the show before I get too wrapped up in the stuff I didn't like? I thought the match itself was decent. I thought... I thought the opening sequence with the whole reintroductions was cool. I I wasn't a big fan of the lights. I thought the lights were slightly distracting. Yeah, uh, right. especially in certain right. angles. Like I'm like, oh my god, like too much light. Yeah. Um, but I really love that. Like they went classic with the ref. Like he was wearing the mm-hmm. blue shirt, and the match itself was overall really well done. Yeah, I agree. Hard hitting. It it paced itself decently well. You you obviously you can't see where Edge gets hurt and that's a positive. Yeah. Um, since you know he got hurt during that match. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I thought it was overall. I thought it was really well done. I don't have much negative to say about this match except it went too long. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, we talked about that. Um, just like that Champa Gargano match that they had like a month or so ago. Yeah. That hour long empty arena match it just went too long they could have tightened it up shaved off maybe 10 minutes probably even yeah. and made made some of those those kind of dry spots tighter and i think it would have flowed a lot better would have been a lot quicker um fast paced but yeah overall like edge and orton like i said they were putting on a clinic they, they really knew what they're doing orton gets fucking busted open at one point yep. you know and, and and he just utilizes that you know what i mean because that's orton he knows he knows what to do um, I thought it was really cool to see Orton hit the pedigree and Edge yep. hit the bookend. Or, yep. well, the rock bottom. Oh, the rock bottom, yeah. And the unprettier. Yeah, which I thought was cool. And his classic move, the Edge-O-Medic. Yep. I used to use that move in the games all the time. Yes, you did. Yeah. Um, then we got to see the three amigos, which was cool. cool. Yeah, it was, was, it was really cool to get to see, like, the classics in there and, like... um. However, and I think this is really cool that we got to see it two nights in a row, and I'm hoping it's making a comeback. I was really glad to see the punt. Yeah. 
I was not expecting that to be the ending. Like I, I remember, I remember saying to you, man, they really got to hit the ending hard. You know what I mean? And that happened, and then it was like one, two, three. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like I almost missed it because like I was getting ready to say something to you about the punt because it was something you had been at, like hoping for. Oh yeah, as I we were said watching it. Out. Yeah. I was like, I hope we can see a punt in this match. And I was about to say something, and then they counted three. I was like, wait, what? I, I, it blew my mind that that's how they did it, but it worked, and it set up real nice for the next night, for Monday night. Oh, yeah. But uh, I mean, I'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah, I, I, I dug this match quite a bit. And part of it, some of the extras that they did with it, not so much. Mainly just the camera, certain camera shots, and uh, that crowd noise, really. But overall, yeah, I, I thought, honestly, I think it was the best match of the night. I would agree with that one. I would definitely agree with that one. Which I guess is good that your main event, you know what I mean? It's probably a good thing to have your main event be the best match of the night because it ends it strong like that. So, um, But yeah, like I said, this led into Monday night where Christian, trying to defend Edge, who's now injured and out for who knows how long, um, decides that uh, he takes Orton's challenge to an unsanctioned match. And this was... Did you happen to watch it at all? Did you look oh, up Oh, I did. Okay. I did. I was really disappointed with the ending. Super quick. Uh, Flair gets up in there, hits uh, uh, Christian in the balls with the uppercut, uh, and then fucking Orton with a fucking punt. And that punt looked just as vicious as the one from from the night before, and just all the stuff that he said to Christian, you know, just like the the concern, but like seriousness of it all. I really liked. I didn't realize Orton still had that in him, like acting well, wise. I guess you. That, could, that's what I was gonna say. I really liked the after the punt because mm-hmm. he's like, I didn't mean to do this to you. You did this to yourself. This yeah. isn't what I wanted for you, Christian. I wanted this to be different. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Because it kind of reminds me of what Seth Rollins is doing. Yeah. But it's almost like he's showing Seth Rollins how to do it better. Uh-huh. Like, seriously, yeah. It, it was That was real good. And if you guys haven't seen the clip from Monday night, go watch it. It's worth it. it it's fucking, it's good. Man, it's oh, really yeah. Good. No, it was amazing. So that is Backlash. Um... We and already we covered most of Raw too, sadly. Yeah, they have bits and pieces here. Uh, one one little thing on Raw that I thought was cool was the whole uh, Dominic and Ray. I thought that was really cool, man. I hope we get to see more of Dominic. Well, rumor has it he's gonna he's gonna fight Seth Rollins. Yeah, I'd, I'd be down with that, man. I'd be down with that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be sweet. Um, maybe get some uh, Dominic and Ray tag matches here and there. That'd be kind of neat too. I want to see father versus son. Ooh, look at that. I dig it. I dig it. So we already said what our we thought our favorite match of the night was. What was your least favorite match? Bobby Lashley versus... Uh, Drew McIntyre. McIntyre. Interesting. Why... That one specifically. I expected that match to be harder hitting. I expected it to go longer. I expected it to be a, an actual, like, a fucking fight, not yeah. not what we got. And I definitely didn't see that fucking ending happening. Yeah. So I'm very disappointed in that match because that match had potential that, like, 
that match could sell out WrestleMania on its own if it's yeah, booked yeah. right. And both of those guys are in their fucking prime. So there isn't a reason why they shouldn't have been the second to main event and have like a good like 30, 35 minute time slot. I agree. Absolutely. Um, but, uh... And then, like I said, then it gets muddy down at the end where like MVP's like trying to tell uh, Lana she shouldn't be out there and she tries to get in the ring and then, you know, um, Lashley gets pushed into her and then she falls. And he turns into the fucking Claymore. It's like, come the fuck on. Like, this is for the title. Like, either it should have ended in, like, like, there was a couple matches throughout the night where we were talking about how, like, Killer Cross and um, Ciampa could have taken notes from it. Because, like, it's how you make people look strong Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, the way they booked it. And this is one of those matches that it kind of went the same way Ciampa and crossed where it wasn't booked to full potential and that's why in my personal opinion and i know it's my opinion this is my least favorite match of the night because it had potential to be great that could have been the match of the night and instead they're like well let's have mvp out there let's send lana out there let's have lana uh let's have have uh let's have lashley get really gassed and miss a few of his spots, like... Yeah. You know, I, I was originally going to go with a different match, but you just swayed me to this one being... Okay, so what was your original opinion going to be? Well, I was torn between either the Nia Jax match or the not-really match of the Street Profits, but, like, I wasn't sure if I could count that, because I guess it was it wasn't technically a match... True. But it was, I, I don't know. But then I, I was, sold you. You sold me on this, man. Like, everything you said, I'm just like, you know what? This was the worst. Like, I, maybe I had blinders on because of how much I liked Drew McIntyre. And it was, like, really, like, pumped to see him just do his thing in the ring. You know, because he's great. Oh, he is. But, yeah. I, I think I have to agree that it's it's that, Bron, or that, uh, that Bobby Lashley match. Yeah, there's just too much that shouldn't have happened. Or that could have been done way better. Yep. Missed opportunity is a perfect statement for that. Yeah. 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 You know what? You sold me on it, John. You sold me on it. Look at you selling me on shit. All right. And who do you think was the MVP of this match? And if you say MVP, I'm going to shake my head at you. <laughs> of this match or of the night? Oh, of the night. Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna throw a curveball out there, but give me a reason. Give me a give me a second to explain why. Okay. The iconics. Interesting. Okay. So yes, the curtain jerk match of the the tag team triple threat wasn't as good as it could have been, but the iconics worked their ass off in that match to make both teams look strong while being the beaters of that match. Yeah. That's true. I mean, they're workhorses. They deserve to have those titles back. And, I mean, it's just not their moment yet. But but they did a really good job at being there, except for Billy Kay. Because me and you talked about this during the match. And she just, she works a little bit slower than the rest of the girls. And she does. Cool, but. I think she did. Team. I think she worked better on Raw the next night. Yes. Yeah. She did. 
maybe she got your notes and she was just like, <laughs> maybe I, I don't know. My game up. <laughs> she's like, she's like, this fat fucking uh, Syracuse will fuck me if I work harder in the ring. I will too. Heck, you, you don't, you don't have to work hard at all. If you're watching this, just come on over. We'll work. We'll, 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 we will not work hard together. Oh no! One of you will work <laughs> definitely harder than the other. That's probably true. I'll be make sure I have some Gatorade, <laughs> turkey sandwich, and a turkey sandwich, and a turkey sandwich. <laughs> oh, Keith, if you're listening, man, turkey sandwiches still <laughs> Uh That's a that's a good choice. I actually like that choice. Um, I wasn't thinking of them. No, you didn't sway me like you did the last time, but it, it was Come good. To the dark side. <laughs> Uh, my pick is Asuka. I think she killed it in that match. Um, and we've we've said what we've said about Nia Jax and how much not the biggest fan. She still worked her ass off and made herself look amazing, even with her. Oh, absolutely. And I you won't know, take that away from her. I think that she put on the best performance of the night to me. That's just, that, again, it's just an opinion, people. Don't send me death threats. It's just an opinion. Uh, but yeah, so the, the Asuka is definitely my pick for that. So That's yeah. fair. What would you give Backlash 2020 overall out of five boots? Three and a half? Three and a half boots. Well, I'm trying to figure out where a B- minus would fit on the four, four boots. That's probably yeah. If you're talking like a B B minus, that's B probably minus like, is my uh, overall grade. That's probably so like a, that would fall on the boot scale. Yeah, I would say that would be a four if you're converting. I guess four boots. Yeah, that that's where I am with this. Um, you know, there's some some lacking stuff, but enough good to keep it up high for me. You know, I I I'm not someone who's insanely critical. About about this stuff, you know. Sometimes, sometimes, but you gotta really be bad, like really bad, to like knock it under like a three. You know what I mean? Like you gotta be stinking the shit out of that thing in order to get it that low. Now there might be a, a single, like an individual match that uh, gets dropped that low, but that doesn't mean that it's gonna make the whole match, yeah. the whole card, go down that low. But yeah, so. Yeah, I think I four. Try, I try to stay open-minded that, yeah, you're going to have matches that are never going to be on par or something's going to happen. Not everybody can always have, like, the best night. But mm-hmm. I try not to hold that against the card entirely. Yeah. And, yes, I understand you're supposed to average everything out and you're supposed to, like... But it's act- our ranking. We'll do what the fuck we want. Absolutely. And if you don't <laughs> like that, we got two words for you. Another channel. Oh, that too. But please don't watch <laughs> our channel. Stay here listening to us. Yes, that, that Watch that fat fuck eat a donut. Or some Australian licorice that I covered up the name so that it's not some sort of advertising. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that wraps up this show, episode 7 of Off the Ropes with John and Josh. Uh, I'd like to say thank you very much, everybody, for joining us and listening to us ramble on about wrestling. You know, episode after episode, it's, it's been real fun getting back into it. I've been Absolutely. really enjoying it. Um, just getting back into wrestling in general has been nice. 
and talking with talking with John has been great uh, with this stuff. So thank you again. You can reach out to us uh, on social media. I am at uh, JP Rayner. That's J P R A Y N O R. And you can always reach out at Off the Ropes JJ. Off the Ropes JJ. You can go. It's, we got YouTube, Anchor, uh, the Twitter page, the Facebook page. It's all Off the Ropes JJ. We also have a Patreon. Uh, where if, if we start getting some people, we'll start doing some videos. We'll sign up for Patreon. Uh, I already got a few, uh, interesting ideas, like, uh, WrestleMania review series. And like we, me and you were just talking earlier, uh, possible what if type of thing where, uh, you know, we take a, a certain topic, like what if such and such happened, uh, and, and go from there. You know, like what if The Undertaker didn't lose his streak? Absolutely. And then we just go from there. We could of, also do some fantasy yeah. booking. Yeah. So put this person against this person. We could we could essentially like figure out how a match might go. Yeah. And and you know we could do like uh, live Q and As. You know, or you could uh, you could come in and talk to us and ask questions, or maybe be on an episode. Who knows? All kinds of weird stuff we might do. You never know. So yeah, patreon.com slash off the ropes JJ. John, where can everybody find you? Well, they can find me on Facebook at J. John Made. They can find me on Facebook at J. John Made. That's right. I have an email, which is John underscore Made at Hotmail.com. And maybe one day he'll have a Twitter. Probably not. Maybe. But maybe. That's right. Maybe. (laughs) You can always reach him at Twitter.com slash Off the Ropes JJ. And I will just direct message him what you said. And then when he messages me back, I'll answer for him. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash off the ropes JJ and leave me a fucking voice message there. Yeah, you can. And you should. So you this has been will. off the you ropes. Will. <laughs> this has been off the ropes with John and Josh. I am Josh. I'm always John. And we are down, down for the down. Down. Get you next time. Fuck you.